Welcome back to a new season. So exciting. I'm from the inside out, season three. Fresh start, back at it. A lot of great things ahead. We want to thank you for being here with us and for all of your support and for listening. It means the world to us that you're here. While we took this break over the hug and um, recalibrating and putting together our schedule and uh, a lineup of amazing, amazing guests and conversations that we plan to have, but as Hashem, with Hashem's help. Um, Ida and I were discussing uh, during our time away how many people we met. Ida was overseas, I was out of town. People I'd never seen before in my life who um, shared how much they enjoy a podcast and it was so meaningful to both of us. Mode, we were te- texting each other, sharing beautiful messages from people. It means so much to us, um, keeps us going and, and we read every review and we notice every rating. So just keep them coming. And if you haven't yet subscribed or reviewed or rated, it would be really amazing if you could. And we keep in mind with every episode that we bring you that we have listeners um, from all walks of life. And we also have listeners of all ages. So, you know, we've heard from some of you who are 14 years old, 18, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. So we really try to spread these messages. That are, what? And 70. And 70. <laughs> and let's just go with 80. Yeah. And we try to share messages that are really applicable, whatever stage in life you're at, whatever challenge or struggle you might be dealing with or have dealt with in the past. Our main goal is to bring you wisdom in each episode, wisdom that you can walk away with that will help you change your life for the better. And that's really what we've always wanted to do and that what we'll continue to do, things that helped us change our lives. It reminds me of this quote. If you want to change the world, first change yourself and then tell them how you did it. Yeah, love it. How come I never heard that one before? It's actually on my Instagram profile. That's like... Oh, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> that, that's, I think that's life in a nutshell is do what you can to change yourself. And then when you see the difference it makes, then you can share, you know, whatever it is that helped you with others in hopes that you can have a ripple effect and pay it forward. So Ida keeping this quote in mind. It was actually you who chose our guests today. Can you share with our listeners why you chose our guests? So I feel like Rivka, you and I, for a long time, we we spent a long time on this platform defining success, right? What does success look like? And we've interviewed many successful people, some successful in their fields of study, some people successful in many areas. And so that really got me thinking on like, what is my definition of success? And I really wanted to bring on people who have achieved success in different ways. Maybe someone like like Susan Cain, right, who achieved literary success, right? Her book was a smash hit, international bestseller. So that's cool, right? So that's let's interview someone who achieved this literary fame, right? But I also wanted to interview someone who, who I think emulates success in the way that I understand it. So that and I thought of Wuko Gals. Wuko Gals are there are three sisters. Um, they're actually four sisters, but three of them started this company, this brand, Modestware brand. And they're entre- their moms, their wives, they're entrepreneurs. They give back. They're community members. Two of them run a preschool. They are educated. They're smart, articulate. They kind of check all the boxes for me, for people that I admire and respect. And they happen to be listeners of this podcast, which which is very special. And we're very touched by by that. And so Rivka, I just for a while, I I wanted to interview them and have a conversation about 
about what it means to be successful, what are the challenges that they face, how do they overcome them, what does a day in the life of, of these beautiful sisters look like, and they are really multi-role women. So the reason I wanted to bring them on was, well, first of all, I think that they, for me, define what success looks like from my perspective. And at the same time, as a multi-role woman myself, I thought it would be nice to speak to fellow multi-role women. I'm so glad that we did this interview conversation. Well, same here, Ida. Thank you for suggesting it. And uh, it happens to be that uh, I, I know Wuka girls well, and they're such great girls. And the thing that I appreciate about them is how organic and genuine they are and that everything that they do uh, comes from a place where their priorities are in order. And the thing that I really admire about them is that their values don't change with whatever they do. Hashem's presence is something that they feel and is there with them. And I think that in today's world with social media, which is something that they are on with um, the work that they do, uh, they're entrepreneurs, um, being parents, with everything that they do in today's world, it can be a real challenge and they stick to their guns and I admire that. Right, that's a great point, Rivka, that they're not removed from the real world, yet they find a way to channel the tools that we, we have in a real world that can be used for, for better or worse, but they're using it for better. Another thing that I really appreciated in this conversation is that these girls really work hard, but that there's a difference between working hard and feeling stressed. Often when someone says, I'm working really hard, the other person will say, oh my gosh, are you okay? But you can be working really hard and that can feel really good and it doesn't have to be stressful. Right. Yeah. I love that message. If you know where you came from, if you know why you're here and you know what your mission is, life is beautiful. You see the beauty in everything been such a pleasure and an honor for us to bring our everyday heroes to this platform because I think it reminds each of us that we all have something very special to share. This is just an opportunity for each of us to step up and do whatever we can because every every little thing can have a ripple effect that you don't even see. Um, our job is just to be open to whatever opportunities come our way that we know can make um, our lives better. So, so true. So beautiful, Ida, because you know, they're sisters, they've taken that opportunity and and taken it further than, than uh, most sisters would by becoming business partners. They used their creativity and made a beautiful, modest line of women's clothing, which is now their business. And they make their family a priority. Right. And, and I think, and they taught me that you don't have to have all the answers. You just have to have, you know, the right questions and move forward. Remember, uh, life isn't always linear it's not always forward moving sometimes a couple step forward a couple of steps forward a couple of steps back um so all these messages are encapsulated in this episode and many more and we really hope that you enjoy it welcome to from the inside out i'm rifka and i'm ida we're moms wives entrepreneurs and friends on a mission to change the world for the better one conversation at a time through interviews with world-renowned thinkers leaders, and our everyday heroes, we bring you wisdom, insight, and practical tools that can change your life for the better. We believe that every experience provides us with an opportunity for learning. Our job is to be patient with the process of growth and trust that our journey will lead us to where we're meant to be. Words can inspire us, but it's only once we channel that inspiration into action that we begin to experience the positive change we want to see in the world. We hope this platform will inspire you to create positive change in mind, body, and soul. 
from the inside out. Thank you for being here and let the conversation begin. This episode is sponsored by Kidney Assist. The Gemara teaches that if you save a life, you save the world. Kidney Assist is an organization that raises awareness on kidney donation. And I encourage you to do research and to check out their website, www.kidneyassist.org, which we include in the podcast notes. And this organization, Kidney Assist, holds the hands of kidney donors from start to finish, walking them through the process and really helps make the world brighter with acts of goodness and kindness through saving lives. An important cause, especially if you you wanna become more educated on what it means to be a kidney donor and how it can save a life, what it means for the donor, for the recipient and uh, everything else. So kidneyassist.org or you can call 516-360-0299. Again, 516-360-0299. 0299, or you can email info at kidneyassist.org. All this information will be in the podcast notes. Yeah, so let's make this world a brighter place with acts of goodness and kindness as such. If you're looking to sponsor an episode or do something meaningful for a relative or friend's birthday or in memory of somebody special or to promote your organization or business, reach out to Rifka and Ida at gmail.com. We'll put the email in the podcast notes. We would love to be a partner with you in our upcoming episodes. Welcome to From the Inside Out. There's not many people that I could say I truly admire and look up to. I feel like it's kind of hard to find the the person who I can relate to and also look up to. And I feel like for a long time, you sisters have been like such role models for me in, in so much of what you do and how you live your life. So I, this is such a great, opportunity. I'm so excited that you're here and I'm really looking forward to speaking with you. I'm excited for everybody listening to meet you and to get to know you and to be inspired. Thank you. When Ida and I discussed uh, who we're bringing on next and your names came up and I totally agreed with everything Ida said. And um, I've always been inspired by the three of you and I I know each of you individually. And then I've seen you collectively build a, a business that we love. Ida's wearing a dress. And just seeing each of you individually um, grow in your own lives. And that's how we wanted to start off this interview is for you to each tell us uh, your different roles that you play in your life and in your business. So we have three sisters here and we'll start with the oldest, which makes sense, I guess. Alana? Sarah's oldest, Julie. Oh, Sarah. Sarah's the oldest. We're we're very close in age. So we're, we're, we're two years apart, but okay. So I'm Sarah. I am a proud Jewish woman. I am a wife, a mom to five beautiful children, plus a bonus son. I have a son-in-law now, thank God. And what I'm a recovering perfectionist overachiever, I like to say, or I'm starting to say. So that's what I do. I also have a couple side hustles. I've always done like little part-time things here and there because I was really my primary role. I, I'm a stay-at-home mom for the last, next week will be 26 years, thank God. Um, so I've done everything from cooking teacher, aerobics teacher, notary, science teacher, like random jobs. I had three kids, like about, uh, well, when I had three kids, let me say, I wasn't sure if God would bless me with more. And I decided to go back to school. And I got my master's um, speech pathology, communication disorders. 
And to all of those that are listening who think that they cannot go back to school and they're not good students and they've always been told she's all over the place and she can't sit still and she's not good in school or I was that student and I went back to school as an adult and it was a completely different experience and I'm very grateful. Um, So I had that, but still that's my side hustle. And then Alana Fani started this business and after like a month, I was like, I want in and it has been Life-changing in so many ways, but I would say the most um, impactful way is that it has completely transformed our relationship and made me a better human being. It's taught me so much about what it means to compromise and to be in a relationship. And and like I, you know, I joke. I'm like I, I'm married to my husband, and I'm also married to my sisters. Uh, <laughs> they are they're really uh, the, the, the like those are the three most important people. And we have Gila, who also has a huge part of my life. Um, we don't work together, but I'm very blessed to live near her. Anyways, that that's the long version of it. Um, well, we actually want to expand on that and we will after we hear from your sisters, but that's something we want to expand on your, your um, how you've changed from working together with your sisters and what, what that's like for you. Okay. okay. Thank you, Sarah. And um, Alana, can you please, I actually have uh, come to your Chabad house and it's so impressive. And you're raising a large family at the same time and you have this business, but I'm going to leave it to you to share with us what you do. Thank you. Um, well, yeah, I um, I want to say wife and mother um, and shlucha. So I, I would probably say in that priority, um, I kind of have to be, um, you know, a good wife and a good mother in order for me to be a good shlucha. Um, can I know we have a big family? So my husband and I have eight children. We joke that my preschool is my ninth baby. Rifka, you actually participated in helping us opening that um, preschool 11 years ago when I was pregnant with my seventh child. Um, we were one of the first preschools, I think, to get the Mahana Israel Development Fund. So that grant, you know, allowed us to actually um, open up our preschool, which we're forever grateful for. And we've touched so many Jewish children. So that's pretty awesome. Well, my husband's the one that runs Machane Israel. So that's thanks to him. And he's actually told me that your preschool that he gave a grant for is one of the most successful ones. So that's amazing. Yeah, it really, it really is amazing. And it's like my baby. It really is. It's like a, having a newborn baby every single year that never grows up. Pretty much, um, you know, so yeah, I, and I love it. I really, 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 really love it. I went to school when I was very, I graduated young. I skipped a grade. I graduated at 16. I went to school um, in two years. I got my um, bachelor's in science in communication disorders and speech pathology as well. Before Sarah did, Sarah actually got her degree in business. Um, but my pa- our parents were very into us going to school and getting an education. And it was like non-negotiable. We had to do it. So I actually graduated. I got engaged during midterms. I got married during finals. And I graduated college at 19, which nowadays, you know, there are a lot of schools that allow that through TTI and Sarah Schneer and everything. But in those days, like it was unheard of. Right. I was taking like 21 credits a semester. And I was like that perfect type A student that like was always getting straight A's and loved school and was a teacher's dream and um, maybe the opposite of Sarah. Um, but um, then I went to school and I finished. We got married at 19. I was pregnant, Baruch Hashem, right away. And we moved on Shlichus when I was still 19. 
Um, and the condition of us moving to Burbank, California, was that I would teach as a fourth grade teacher in the local school, but I was also in graduate school full time. So I was in graduate school in Cal State um, Los Angeles, and I was teaching every single day with a brand newborn baby. Um, we opened up our Chabad house when our son was just three weeks old. It was extremely overwhelming. And um, after a year of school, I was pregnant with my second baby. They're only 13 months apart. And I quit. So I never ended up finishing my master's degree in speech pathology. But life has always, you know, has a plan. There's always a plan that you might not know about. And I never regret not finishing my master's in speech, even though I do love, you know, science and healthcare. But um, I have found my dream working with children in our Chabad house with our preschool. So it's just really a blessing. And Hani and I, for years and years, as long as she's lived in Burbank, have um, created these little businesses together. Um, I can. We started with Shaggy Baby when our little girls were babies. It was a combination of Shana's name and Gitty's name. Um, so that was Shaggy Baby. We kind of blew up really fast. We were super successful beyond our capacity to be that successful. And so we decided, even though we were like selling and we were in a lot of different stores, we said, you know what? We can't do this. Our family is our priority. And um, we stopped. And then we had another business called Cornflakes, um, where we sold baby blankets and um, headbands. And that was really fun as well. But um, again, life... <laughs> You know, our family always came first and these businesses were just like side hustles that we just enjoyed doing together um, in a creative capacity. And then um, we, you know, one summer we were like, we have nothing to wear. And um, so we went downtown ourselves. We bought fabric for like $200. I'm not exaggerating. Um, and we took that $200. We made it for ourselves. We posted a little bit on Instagram. Everybody loved it. We sold what we made and then we reinvested it. And then we had $400. And then we took that $400 and we reinvested it. And then we had $800 and we reinvested that $800. And literally that's how our business started with not one loan, um, but really just from $200 of buying fabric from downtown Los Angeles. So that's just, you know, to tell anybody who's listening to this, if you have a dream, um, you can start anything. And you don't have to worry about like all the little nuances. They'll come, you know, you'll, you'll figure wow. it out. I have so many questions, but I want to hear from Connie. Yeah. Connie, the, the youngest. Was, I'm one of, yes. And I'm one of the lucky ones that's had the um, pleasure of being a guest in your home. And you really are the hostess of the mostess. Thank you. I've heard Thank that you. from many people. Thank you. So I'm Connie and um, I'm, I would say also a wife. And a mother, first and foremost. Um, and as you've heard from Sarah and Alana, kind of their backgrounds, um, we all kind of have little side hustles. And I was definitely more of a floater in my 20s and 30s and kind of had a lot of grandiose ideas and different plans. And Alana didn't mention, but our parents used to call a Bobalana and I the Monday girls because every Monday we would have a different business plan. 
literally <laughs> whatever it was, we would just have a different business plan and they just kind of went with it and supported it. And we're like, okay, great. You know, we'll see. And most of the time it didn't pan out, but um, my side hustle is I'm a wig and hairstylist. I sell shadels and do shadels. And I feel like in a sense that is kind of a little bit of my shlachas because I really take pride in helping women feel beautiful about the mitzvah of covering their hair. And thank God, I feel very blessed that I have these two jobs that allow me to be first and foremost, a wife and a mother. And it gives us all really the flexibility to always put our families first and work as we can and it's, it doesn't overtake our lives. Like we're flexible. We're our own bosses and just feel really grateful and thankful that, you know, we have that way of making a parnasa and making a difference and um, having that positive impact in both those ways. I want to add one yeah. more thing. Hani also, she didn't say, Hani also lives in Burbank with us and um, she is maybe not officially on Shlachas, but she is on Shlachas in every capacity in supporting us in every single thing that we do. So whether we're doing a ladies event or a holiday event or a senior event, um, adult education, challah bakes, anything, you name it. Um, Hani's my partner in every single thing that we do. And we're just so lucky to have her and Mendy here. As you each were introducing yourselves, I feel like I just, I, I was already, you know, in awe of what you do. And then like, I just kept adding things to this list of inspiration. But one of the things that I, that I noticed you, each of you said is, you know, family first. And I love Alana, what you said about how, you know, I didn't finish my master's, but I knew that this is what I wanted to do, which is also super important, like to be able to pivot, like just because you're halfway there, doesn't mean this is what you're meant to do. Like sometimes you find a little detour that becomes the way for you. And it's so much bigger than you originally imagined or something different from what you thought you would initially do. So my question is, I guess, Hani, I'll ask it to you. How do you manage the multiple roles? How do you prioritize? Like, how do, how do you do it? How do you do it? I think the key really is first and foremost, all three of us have super supportive husbands and families, which is huge. Just knowing that we have that support behind us is just mentally so comforting. Um, so I feel like that is, I would say, the first just aspect, just knowing that, um, the three of us, that we have that. Thank God. I also feel like being organized and structured is really, to me, the key when you have so much going on and thank God we do just, you know, being really organized and structured and having a plan and trying not to get overwhelmed and doing things as you can also forgiving yourself. It doesn't all have to be done. It doesn't all have to be done. Perfect. It's okay to kind of let something go, let something slide. And most of the time, the stuff that you're going to let slide is not important stuff. You kind of prioritize what's most important. And I feel like that really is helpful to me. Yeah. Can you give us one of your organizational tips, like how you keep your day organized? So I'm a very pen and paper person. 
I really like to write things down. It just helps me visualize and see it. So for example, Alana and I meet in the office daily. Sarah runs a lot of the other aspects of the business that she doesn't have to necessarily be in person um, with the two of us as much as we do. So very often we'll schedule out our weeks of the whole year, Tuesday and Thursday. It's, you know, 1030 to 1230 in-person meeting, Monday and Wednesday. It's 1230 to 2.30 meeting. And then I know that that's set in stone unless something comes up, unless something needs to be changed. And then I have scheduled my wig clients kind of around that. So having that structure and that schedule where it just makes things easier, penciling things in, putting them in, even date night, I pencil into my calendar because otherwise it doesn't get done. Like it just makes it easier, just really putting everything down and doing the best you can that way. So you like pen and paper versus the laptop? I like, I actually do both. I have a handwritten notebook. I also just logistically have to put things into my schedule because I need alerts and reminders, all of of that stuff. But I, I do like doing both. Both, yeah. Yeah, me too. On this subject of sisters and working together, Sarah, you mentioned how much you've grown and how much you had to change from going from just sisters, it's not just sisters, sisters is a very special, unique role to play. Um, And Eden and I both know there's nothing like having a sister. Um, But then I guess we both don't know what it's like to have your sister, sisters as business partners. And what what was this challenge? And um, and I'm sure it can be challenging because sisters are really, in essence, a mirror of yourself in a lot of ways, but then you also have your differences. So there's so many similarities and yet there are so many differences. So how how did that play out um, in business and how have you changed? So the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that question was conflict resolution. And I feel like um, working together, um, knowing what this relationship is to me, really gave me the opportunity to learn from them and to learn communication skills and to take feedback and to provide feedback. And I that when we put effort and invest in the relationships closest to us, then we end up having better relationships with everybody around us, um, strangers and teachers of our children and et cetera, et cetera. So Um, yes, it's easy because we love each other and we'll forgive each other, but it's also more difficult because we're also sensitive and want to preserve the relationship. So it requires a little bit more care, um, and attention to detail. And so in the, in the, I would say the most powerful way is really learning to take feedback really, and to give feedback. And I think through those two ways, um, it has deepened our relationship and um, also giving the benefit of the doubt. And the last thing I wanted to say about this was managing expectations because we can get annoyed if somebody doesn't do thing, something the way we think it should be done or they're not pulling their weight or we're not doing enough and they're doing more. The guilt, there's so many different emotions and um, kind of knowing that everybody's doing the best they can and back to communication, communicating in um, a respectful and thoughtful way 
as a recovering perfectionist, I feel like it's probably hard to manage expectations when you, you know, cause you like things a certain way. I'm sure that's also like help with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that in the last, um, I don't know, like eight months or so I've dived into, um, mental health betterment. You know, I don't know how, how to say that best, but basically, and, um, I've really prioritized healing old wounds and, um, trying to shine my light from within rather than, um, from what, from what you see. And, um, I think a big part of that process has taught me that, um, perfectionism, it wasn't serving me and the rigidity really needed to loosen. Um, and I needed to start with myself and giving myself kindness and grace and love. And it sounds so simple, but it actually really much harder than it sounds, but life changing. And I'm, you know, it's like two steps forward, one step back. I'm nowhere near where I'd like to be, but I will say that I definitely learned some valuable lessons um, as I started this journey. So can I just pause there? You know, what's really cool about that, Sarah, that you're doing that now, aren't we the same age Aren't you in your forties? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We're we're actually the exact same age. I think we're like a couple months apart. Okay. There you Um, go. You you'll hear people in their forties say, Oh, I'm a perfectionist. They've already just, they've put themselves in that box. Like you and your forties have gone on this healing journey. I, I really think that's inspiring. It's a really good message to share with well, the listeners. Thank you. And also I, I just want to add that like, I feel like in our twenties and thirties, we, A, we don't have the time. We don't have the resources to devote to it. And also I don't know that we're in the, you know, there, listen, there's definitely healing to be done in your twenties and your thirties and everybody in their own way and at their own time. For me, um, I, I, it wasn't available to me. I didn't know even that I needed it. And right. you weren't self-aware enough. I wasn't self-aware. I didn't realize how much it was affecting me. And I just kind of wanted to, uh, handle and be able to find great, more inner peace and calm that you just, you can't outrun yourself anymore. And, um, and, and I looked at, you know, some people around me who were like in their seventies and eighties with like heart disease and this disease and that disease. And I just was like, I don't want to be that person who has like all this stress and unresolved. I'm going to say trauma. I know that's like a trigger word for a lot of people, but I don't know what other word to use, but I just felt like, you know, this is a time and I'm at a a point in my life where my relationship with my husband and my relationship with my children and my relationship with my family really needed, um, a little bit of a shift. And, um, and I, instead of looking like it was time really to look inward and yeah, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful and hopeful and, um, with God's help and my husband's help and, uh, you know, my sister's support. And I, I'm really happy to be on this journey. Good for you. And you know what you said about expectations I was just reading this in Happiness is a Serious Problem by Dennis Prager because I gave a talk on, on organic joy. And um, he, sa- he writes there how when you let go of expectations, then you can tap into a place of gratefulness. Yeah. Because when you're expecting something, you can never be grateful. But if you let go of expectations, and you can still have goals and hopes and dreams, uh, et cetera, but the, just the word expectation or that thought of like expecting from people or from a situation or from your life Basically, when we minimize them, minimize our expectations, we walk around with a greater sense of thankfulness and with less bitterness. It's so true. 
And, and I like, okay, this is part of like my recovering perfectionist thing. But like, even as I finish talking, I have this like sense of like, oh, did I say too much? Oh, like, did I overexpose myself? And you know what? I like, I'm far from where I need to go, like where I, where, where I want to be. But, you know, I'm just, I'm talking honestly from my heart, um, from a place of truth that I, I, I just want more. I want, I want a, a better, more fulfilled, more authentic life. And don't expect perfection. I'm just, I'm doing the best that I can. And I'm going to mess up a lot of the time. Um, and as you know, someone that I work with told me, she's like, Sarah, you're a human. And you're going to use these new techniques as long as they serve you. And when they don't serve you anymore, you're going to find new ones. And like, you don't have to worry about holding on to all those new things because your body knows, your body knows and trust yourself. And, and you know, again, when I talk about that guilt, I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to trust, I'm going to trust myself and just go with this and, um, and I hope it helps somebody else. Everything that you mentioned about wanting to be more authentic, there's actually a certain point in most people's lives. It's, it's just like this stage. I don't like to call it a midlife crisis because that's not what it is. Um, maybe for some people like, okay, you buy a new sports car. Let's just label that maybe, you know, midlife crisis, but generally it's just this transition period, um, in adulthood where we, there's a shift that happens in most people. Renee Brown talked about this too kind of like a universal tendency that some people like to share and some people don't, but we all experience it on some level. And then also just one thing you mentioned about trauma is I I know that it's a word that can be triggering. Um, However, there is this whole idea of micro traumas, things, even things that a person feels should have happened to them, but didn't, even that can be a trauma that manifests much later on in life that we have to work through or a trauma even that we inherited from past generations. So I think that's also very important is to work through that, even if we didn't have a massive thing that happened. Um, And on that note, uh, Sarah, do you have any tools or tips or things you could share that help you maintain your health or like improve your mental health or recalibrate um, any of that like tools you can share? Oh, what do I do? Okay, so first of all, I exercise. I am fanatic. Um, and I love it. I love how what does I, fanatic mean? It means I, I and I, and I, I love the sweat. I love the interrupt for one second. I'm sorry. It means that that's her third job. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, I love it. I, I love to run. Um, I, I don't run as much anymore. I had a small injury. So I, I run like three times a week. I do the elliptical. I have a Pilates reformer, um, that I rented and then I purchased. I love it. I just, it, it, it's, it's mental, emotional, physical therapy for me. And I am extremely grateful that my body can support me in using this healing technique, um, of exercise, which I love. I also, um, two other things I daven, I pray. And I do learning, which really does inspire me and gives me, Chasoka gives me strength, um, inspiration. And um, the more I do it, the more I really can tap into um, trust, Betacha trusting Hashem and knowing that things are um, seemingly challenging. There is an amazing plan. God has a plan for me, even if I can't see it right now. So I would say um, my spirituality and my connection to Hashem and the Thing. Um, and it's super new. So like, um, I'm just going to mention it because I, I have found it to be very helpful and I've only done it for a couple of weeks and not even consistently meditation, um, getting into my body, 
um, and kind of feeling it and sensing it and getting out of my head. I'm someone who is like very in my head and there's narratives and there's stories and there's things, chatter, tons and tons of chatter going on. And, um, I have a very good friend of mine, Cyril. She's introduced me to this book chatter, which I read and then 10% happier that I finished reading a couple of weeks ago. And, um, I do work with a somatic therapist also. So it's kind of, uh, brings all of these ideas <laughs> them together. And I feel like meditation, even five minutes a day, just drop into your body, out of your head and provide a little bit of center and calmness in the world of chaos around us. Yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. And it meant keep maintaining our health as people might think it's a passive thing. It's just, it, but it's an active process. It's like, if we don't maintain it and sometimes it takes a lot of you know effort, but if we don't maintain it, then we can move backwards. So if you want change, you have to be okay to make the change and do something to get there. So, um, those are great tips. I couldn't agree more. And I'm, um, what did you, what word did you use? Fanatic? <laughs> Which one? Fitness fanatic. Fitness yeah, fitness. I'm also, fi- I mean, I, I don't call it fanatic. I just exercise. How about enthusiast? Every- business yeah. enthusiast. <laughs> That's better. But, uh, you know, that's something that I have to do every day. Not have to, I want to do every morning yeah. because it's just something that is a non-negotiable. Yes. But I also like that you added the betachan and the spiritual element because the mind and body and soul go hand in hand. And I've just found in the last few years how, like, that's something that I've really been internalizing and processing that that when you take care of your physical body, it's not a separate identity from the spiritual part of you. It really is nourishing it when that's your intention. And then your spiritual, when you nourish that, it uplifts your physical. It's interesting because um, someone was asking me how to stay how to stay young as you get older. And I was telling them that something that's really hit me in the last few years is that taking care of the physical, yes, you've got to work out, you've got to eat well, but what's really going to keep you youthful is combining that with the spiritual and nourishing your soul, learning a little bit every day, um, even if it's 10 minutes, so that taking care of your physical becomes more of a meaningful thing because that is what's going to give you real life stimulating both the soul and the body and also the mind because you're learning something new and you're stimulating the mind as well. So I relate to you because Betachon and the book Shara Betachon and the classes that are on Rabbi Taub's podcast on Shara Betachon have given me a lot of life and strength in combining these three. Absolutely. And I just wanted to add one last thing that you said that just reminded me. I think you had said like some women get to this like in their 30s and 40s and decide they want things to be different and they decide to make a change. I think that we get to a point in our lives and it could be an incident. It could be um, something that happened. But I think for me, it's like your children get older and then things really are out of your control when, you know, it could be, it could be something that happened. There's a million things that could be, but I'm just saying as your children grow up and start to make their own decisions and live their lives the way that they choose to, it requires um, a lot of pivoting, shifting, and learning how to support them in a completely different role. And that's where I really, um, I'm very grateful that I have a relationship with Hashem and I'm constantly trying to make it better because that batachan is what's getting me through. 
and um, it's it's everything. It's really everything, and I'm I'm thank I'm grateful thankful for that. Right, and without even knowing it, I think even from when you guys each started on your journey, you learned how to kind of be open to change. Whether it was you know starting a business and then having to put it on the side because you had you know want to take care of your kids, so you kind of prepared yourself for this moment of okay, now my kids are or teens or young adults, and now I no longer have control over their decisions as much as I used to. And like, that's a scary thing. So it require it does require like a shift in how we view ourselves as parents. So I wanted, I also want to talk a little bit about business aside from Sarah, you, um, Alana mentioned you went to business school, but um, Hani and Alana, you talked about doing different things, but it seems you all have an entrepreneurial bug, but it's not like you all were business hustling from the beginning with just that track in mind. And it can be very scary. I think a lot of women talk about like wanting to start a business or one, but they're really nervous and afraid. Like it's, it's a big step. It's a, it could be a huge gamble. It sounds like you guys did it in a very smart way with like a small investment, but sometimes maybe that doesn't, that doesn't work for everybody, but that is, that's a great tip, you know, start small. Um, but for let's say there's someone out there who wants to start a business, but they don't have the experience. They don't know where to begin. Um, and they were coming to you for mentorship, but I guess between Hani and Alana, maybe if you can share, how would you guide them? Someone who's new and wants some business advice from someone who's uh, been there. Like, where do we start? I would say, take it one step at a time, start small. You don't have to necessarily like be at the end goal. Like it's literally just a baby step at a time and see where it takes you. You, it's kind of like that with everything in life. When you think too far ahead, it gets too scary and too overwhelming. And then you're kind of like, no, I can't do it. It's too much. But when you really take things one step at a time and one day at a time, it makes it much more doable. On a practical level, I would say if somebody really wants to start a business, I would, you know, again, that's the part of our business that I kind of do, I research a lot. So I would research a ton. Um, I would get in contact with other people who have similar businesses already that are super successful if they were willing to talk to us. Um, I would do, you know, as much practical hands-on, you know, stuff that I could do in that business. Um, So if it was, I don't know, cutting down trees, let's say. I'm looking at Hani's yard and her trees were just cut down. I would try and speak to gardeners and landscapers and people who, you know, what tools do they need to use and go to Home Depot and talk to the workers there and what they recommend. And, you know, there's a lot of trial and error. Um, Nothing is going to be perfect right away. And that's part of the learning process. Um, And to know that and accept that. And um, like Hani said, start small. You know, you can't, run before you walk. Um, but to just, you know, if there's something that you love, just start, try, you know, um, don't be scared. Just, you know, jump in and like, see where just it takes do it. you. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. I yeah. think that's all very, I mean, we did an episode about like starting before you're ready. Cause we're never yeah. really ready until we, we go out there. Yeah. Um, but do you each have like defined roles in the business? Do they shift? Like, how does that work? Who decides who does what? We kind of all decided together um, who was going to do what because of, um, you know, just things that we're good at. Um, so Sarah runs social media. Everybody knows that. 
And she also takes care of um, the finances. So she deals with payroll and ADP, um, taxes, all of the stuff that is so not fun. Complicated. (laughs) Complicated. It's just stuff that like Connie and I do not want to do. And Sarah's really good at it and she does it. And we're just. That's where the perfectionism is actually good, I think. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And then Connie and I do production and design together. And so we um, get sample fabric, we order the fabric, we um, place, you know, production orders, POs, we um, create, we've, we've learned, again, it's, it's a learning process. We've learned a ton, like none, neither of us can really sew amazing, but we can actually tell you like measurements on body types, probably better than people who have gone, you know, to graduate school for this. Um, because we've just been doing it. And, um, so yeah, Honey and I Who do does the budgeting together. Um, yeah. no, no, oh. we, we, we pretty much do the budgeting together. Honey and I, we used to do everything together. Like Sarah would come to our sample meetings and our, and it was just, it was not efficient with our time. You know, when you asked us like, how do we manage it all? Honey and I are extremely efficient with our time. We have an hour or two maximum every single day to work. If Sarah's coming to our meeting, Sarah's laughing. We're not getting anything done. I was that. Jackie's comes in. We get too sidetracked with catching up on our lives and what's going on in our kids. And like, we, we don't meet about business. And, and also even when Honey and I meet, like if we're there for like, 30 minutes and we're really, we're slow moving and we're just not getting things done. Honey, I'm like, that's it. We're done. We're going, we're leaving the office. We'll try again tomorrow. Like we're really good about knowing when we can do it. If we're in the right headspace for it, we're our own bosses. So um, we've made a choice not to wholesale. We occasionally do, but specifically our goal is to sell direct to the consumers Um, And that was a choice because we didn't want to have to um, have things out by a certain date where stores were requiring certain things of us. This way, we have so much more flexibility. It's another great tip is is flexibility is like, you you know what you you create, like you create this vision for what you want in your life. And when your family comes first, having to like, for example, wholesale, like you mentioned, means that you're beholden to someone else. And then kids in the back burner and that's not something that you want to do. So it's important to be able to know where you want to prioritize shift things so that, you know, family always comes first. That's like the the foundation. I think also I just add that we, we structure the business and continue to um, run it in a way that allows us to maintain our other responsibilities. So um, you know, sometimes we'll take something else on and then we'll discuss it and we'll realize this isn't working for us. And then we'll kind of change gears and, you know, thank God Alana's really busy. There's a lot, you know, she's has her son's getting married, God willing, and her daughter now. And during those busy seasons, we have the ability to kind of just step back and say like, okay, we're going to release a lot less because we just can't do it. And, and, you know, I think in the beginning of our business, we probably would have powered through and pushed, pushed ourselves. Um, we would have like tried to do like a, a pop-up shop, maybe even in there. And, and it just, we're, we just kind of like take a beat and learn how to, um, manage our responsibilities and our time and take on less and knowing it's going to be okay. And, you know, it's ordained how much money we're going to make. Um, so we're doing our part, 
you know, we, 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 that's all we can do, but maintaining our mental health, I think uh, has become a lot more important to us. And so, yeah, I think that's been a really good learning lesson for all of us. And you know what you can handle. Yeah. And we really don't stress about our business. Like our business is not one of the stress. Thank God a million times. Like it's not a stressful part of our lives at all, at all. If it becomes stressful, we cut back and that's it. You know, like we, we make it so that it's enjoyable and it's a fun, creative outlet and we're making some money and, um, you know, it's just, it's like win-win. It's like, where can I sign up for this? It's just so much fun. Right, but, but it is hard work. You do work hard. Yes, yes, it's yes. It's definitely yes. hard work, but it's not stressful. Right. It's, so it's hard, enjoyable work. Yeah, because you love it. But let's say you, I'm sure there are times that you get to, there are challenges or you feel overwhelmed. I'm sure there are those times. So then how do you, how do you get to a place of recalibrating and making a decision to let it go? How do you so we haven't it? had, you know, like a super overwhelming time in our business in the last few years because we've created a space that does not allow for that. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, when we first started, we had a lot of challenges. And like Sarah said, we were pushing ourselves beyond capacity where it wasn't really healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, we've made a conscious effort not to do that anymore. So you're talking about how it was when we, when it used to be stressful and there used to be a lot more challenges and, you know, like that, or you were talking about currently. No, I'm talking currently how, yeah. Like well, you, on a, you, as an, I will say there, in, when, even though we have the setup a certain way, when you run a business, there are things that are going to, that are going to come up. For example, we had a situation a couple of years ago where the orders were all, we had a huge sale and the orders were all stacked on top of each other. And one person got multiple orders, let's say. And there was a lot of troubleshooting and it was really, it was overwhelming. And I have to say that I think that Alana is really good at breaking things down into small steps. So she kind of took this stressful situation. I mean, I was stressed about it. I don't know about you guys. And (laughs) really like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And she broke it down and she kind of, she's, she's more of like the leadership role, I would say. And we were very happy kind of do what needed to be done. Um, you know, that's the, that's the role she plays in her preschool as well. And I'm so happy not to, like, that's, the, like you said, certain, we all have different strengths. Um, so that is her strength. That is not my strength. Uh, Hani, you can, you know, speak for yourself as well. But I think when those things happen, we just kind of like take a beat and we figure out how we can problem solve. And then we just implement those things. You know, if we have a lot of orders and we need help, we'll hire our, uh, pay our children to do it. Um, we'll pick up some boys from Yeshiva to help pack orders like at night after they're done with classes. Like we just do it. And there, of course, there's stressful times and, you know, when running a business, thank God, you know, we haven't had any recently, but also we've just kind of taken a little bit of a slower pace the last little while. Um, I had a wedding last year. Alana's got a couple coming up. There's life is gotten busier, thank God. But when they do come up, then we just turn to Alana and she sets a plan into motion. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But can I just tell you, I relate to you guys in so many ways because you were talking earlier about how as your children get older in your your 30s and 40s, you need to adjust. You know, it's not our story, it's their story. And we have to kind of adjust to what what is good for my child, not necessarily what is good for me. Um, And I totally relate to 
adjusting as your children get older and also to making a double wedding. I also just made a double wedding this past year and and Ida knows from our podcast and everything, we were, we're both like, okay, so we're going to slow down a little bit right now because this is what's going on. We didn't allow it to overtake anything that was going on in a, in my personal life and in Ida's personal life. So yeah, part of the reason why we wanted to interview you is because there are many designers out there. And the main reason why we wanted to interview is because your values, we feel are in line with our values. And we wanted to ask you how you take on all these roles, including being businesswomen and partners and how you stay, stay grounded and true to your values. It's interesting because we all daven daily and our, it's like just part of the day. It's not even, you know, people say like, oh, you daven every day. And, and, and like, oh, I don't, it's not even, I don't even think about it. So I don't consider it something that I, it's not a struggle. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, I get dressed. I daven. Like sometimes I might be daven very late. Self-care actually. Davening for me is like self-care, like saying to him, giving tzedakah. Like, it's almost like, oh, wow, I'm so lucky. I have this time. I get to do this before I start my day. I think davening in the morning, it's something I had to take on. It was hard for me at first, but I think the reason it's self-care, Alana, and I, I feel like this is for me is for sure true, is that when I start my day, like I have a, a laundry list of things to do. And then I'm starting my day with something that, you know, I don't understand the words. It's counterintuitive to not get your to-do list done and then pray. Like, but then when you pray first, it's just an acknowledgement that we're not in control of the outcome of anything. And so it just kind of reminds us that we can let go. Maybe that's part of the reason that you have maybe an easier time than most people not feeling stressed, even though you have so much going on more than most women. I'll tell you something I really appreciated learning in that when you wake up first thing in the morning, Hashem has given you back your soul. And that is the most important thing that you have. So if he's given you that back first thing in the morning, then he can do anything else. That's the greatest thing that he's given you back. And so like having trust in him that he can take care of all your needs because he's brought that back to you and given you that gift is a really beautiful thought to have. And that's why it's so special to acknowledge that in the morning. I actually do now to heal him in the morning, but that your self-care can shift with time. Like to heal him was not something that I considered self-care a few years ago. And it became so meaningful to me that it's become self-care. I very much relate to that, but that self-care can evolve with time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to go through these incredible lessons. And then I want to ask you, um, you know, what about, you know, what's the best advice you received? And then we'll wrap up with some favorite quotes, but Ida, I see you jotting down some notes there. Can you go ahead and share with us a little summary of the lessons we are learning right now? You know, the importance of pivoting is just not having like a, a narrow path all the time is just being open to new ideas and new experiences that come our way, um, creating boundaries around the things that are important. So sometimes, you know, you have to, we have to set something aside and maybe not put out as much um, as we normally would, because we know that we have you know, two weddings to plan or a bar mitzvah or something that we need to do that's going to require yeah. more of our energy. Um, we have bar mitzvah in a month also. All right, yeah. <laughs> Sarah's bar mitzvah. Well, Alana is making a bar mitzvah? Yeah. Sarah. Also, we have bar mitzvahs wow. at the same time. I'm making one Hanukkah time. Oh, yeah. He's about, my son is about to sleep. Okay, there you go. Wow, so you have two weddings and a bar mitzvah. God willing. Hopefully more. Any more. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Ida and I have, she has a bus mitzvah coming up and I have a bar mitzvah coming up. So we're, we're taking, we're taking in what you're saying. <laughs> 
I also think that this is kind of like a lesson. And I feel like I need to remind myself is that we have this idea that we have to go all in. Like if you're doing this, you got to like, Sarah, you, you talked about managing expectations. I think that's such an important thing to keep in mind. It's okay to recalibrate and say, okay, I'm going to put more of my energy in here, less of my energy in there and not feel like we have to be fully in with every single thing that we do, because that'll, that'll drain our energy. So just to kind of go easy on ourselves, knowing that we're all doing the best we can and we all want to, to show up where we know that we feel joyful in those areas. I also wanted to add one other thing to that. I feel like, so knowing also when we need to pause and regroup because, you know, sometimes we're going, we're going, we're going. And my natural tendency, and I think it's the same for Alana Khani, is to go push through and just a little more, a little more. And you know what? I even experienced in the last month with busy holiday season, like taking a little bit of time, like, you know, taking a shop is for like, you just really rest up and come back to yourself, make you so much uh, more able to tackle what you need to tackle and take on the day. And you can see things from fresh eyes. Like it's so valuable that rest that we, I feel like I've resisted rest for so many years and I cannot stress the importance of how uh, rest has helped me and I'm beginning to see the value in it. And it is something that I am welcoming rather than rejecting and um, it was very important. So, uh, yeah. And now there's a bunch of research behind how rest is as important as work and activity, especially even like with working out, like allowing your muscles to restore themselves and to, to rest. That's really what it is so that you can feel stronger. Like any trainer, personal trainer will say you can't overexert every single day, then you'll burn out. So it's the same thing in, you know, in our lives. So it's, um, and I love that you have, you're able to bounce off of each other and give each other perspective. Like Hani and Alana, what you were saying, if you're in the room and you start rambling about different things, we're like, okay, we're, we're stopping here. We're going to carry on tomorrow. I feel like it's hard to do when it's, when you're in your own head and it's just, let's say you running a business and everybody else around you is working for you here, your partner. So you have that, you give each other perspective. So for someone who maybe doesn't have that to just maybe have someone that you can ask for help or to bounce your ideas off of um, who can maybe hold you accountable. I think that's also something um, to keep in mind. Well, we have that, Ada. We do. We do. <laughs> I, oh, I actually, I mean, Alana, do you want to say something about this? I feel like you can say it better than me, but I, I mean, when I need advice, I will call them and it is so helpful to bounce ideas off of them. And also sometimes they will kind of, put me in my place, which is also important. And, um, it comes from a place of love. So, um, you know, just we remember that and we know that and yeah, that's true. Like when you know, it's coming from a, from a good place then it's easier to not take things personally, even when it's, you know, constructive. constructive. I think it's important to note that we're receptive to that feedback from each other. Um, you know, we wouldn't, it wouldn't, be valuable if we weren't, you know, I think that's an important key to the success is that, um, you know, all of us know that if we're saying something, we're saying it for a reason. And, and then we sit and then we listen and we think and we hear and we take it in and then we can talk about it. 
but it's not like fire squad talking towards each other. So, so what is the best advice that you've received? Me? Oh, any of you can answer that. Um, well, in life, in life or in business, you can take your pick. I'll say that I, it's, it wasn't advice that I received that somebody said to me, but I heard it on um, another podcast. Um, Rifki Wolf was speaking about, um, you know, the sun and the moon and the power of women and Malchus. And it was a really beautiful podcast that um, Human and Holy Tanya put out, I think a year ago. And I really loved it. And I think about it all the time that human beings are called that because we're just meant to be sometimes. We're not meant to be doing, doing, doing. And um, growing up, I think all three of us, our whole family, we're extremely hard workers. Like you, we're just, we do so many things. All of us wear so many hats. I mean, my brother, we didn't talk about my brother, but my brother is like, he's a doctor, he's a musician, he does real estate. Like that's just who we are. It's like we're innately kind of born like that. And um, I think it's really important for everybody to know that you don't just have to do all the time, that it's okay to just be and um, to allow that space um, when you need it. So that was the best um, advice that I heard on a podcast that has resonated with me so much. And um, I think about it all the time. It's actually Rifki Kaplan. Rifki Wolf is her maiden name. Okay, Rifki Kaplan. Yes. Well, she's a hard worker too. I know because she's my good friend and a friend that I really look up to. And we interviewed her. If you want to ever listen to that episode, it's called Trust the Timing of Your Life, episode 37. And I'll check out this interview Rifki gave on Human and Holly as well. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think it's also very important for our listeners to hear because maybe listening to this conversation, someone might feel like, okay, well, I need to start doing a bunch of different things now because we, the main goal is to move naturally through life where, you know, we're listening to, we're open to the signs that come our way, but we're not putting pressure on ourselves to be like this person or that person. We're just drawing from the insights and the lessons so that we can apply whatever works for us in our lives. And the same way self-care is so different for each person. The purpose of this is just to kind of to be inspired and to say, well, this is something that I haven't started, I haven't done yet that I want to do. Yeah. And I would also like, you know, playing on that, I would say, I listened to a really nice class with Yochavit Seidoff a while ago, and she talked a lot about being belonging and becoming and, um, you know, being like kind of like accepting ourselves and being and not doing and belonging, finding our belonging, finding our community, and then becoming, becoming the best version of ourselves, actualizing ourselves. Um, so I really try. That's nice. Yeah. Coming and belonging. No, being, being belonging, belonging and, yeah. and becoming. Like the three Bs. Three easier to remember when like you keep it like an acronym. Being, yeah. belonging, and becoming. I love that because there's being, there's us, who we are. And then in order to grow, it makes it so much easier when we feel like we belong, whether it's with our families, with a community, starting out as a young couple in a new life, or with a friendship just that we feel like we belong somewhere, not so much harder when you feel alone and that you don't belong. And then it makes it so much more possible to become. And even if at times in your life you feel like you don't belong, it is still possible to become if it's something 
you really want if you push past your comfort zone and to know also that you always have Hashem, like you always belong because you have Hashem and knowing conceptually that we do have each other because we're all part of one another. When you have that feeling of belonging, then it does at the end of the day, make it so much easier not to just stay stagnant with the being, but to actually become. And that belonging really helps you get there. So that's how I take it. And I really appreciate that. Khani, do you have any advice that comes to mind? Um, that has inspired I mean, you? The one thing I would say maybe is um, it's okay to not be okay. I, I think that so often we are just, you know, taught to just like everything has to be good. Everything has to be perfect. Everything has to go a certain way, but no, it's actually okay to just sometimes sit with really in in every aspect of your life. Um, just it's okay to sometimes sit with discomfort, feel it and move on. And when you're able to kind of process it that way, I feel like it's, it just makes it smoother to then transition. Um, into, you know, becoming a better version of yourself. Absolutely. And all to add to that, I would say like, um, accepting ourselves in different places and recognizing our gifts and utilizing the gifts that we were given by God and understanding our challenges and not running away from our challenges. That's a huge thing as well. Um, none of us are public speakers. And as Sarah said, like our words feel like they're, you know, like not coming out like we want them to. Um, but we're not running away from it. The message is clear and we're going to sit in it and we're experiencing it. And um, even though sometimes things will be uncomfortable in life, that's okay. Like Connie said, you know, like it's definitely okay to be not okay sometimes. And when it's uncomfortable and it's seemingly dark, that's right when the dawn is about to break. So knowing that the good is coming and there's ebbs and flows and be open to receive the blessings that God has in store for all of us. There's this great concept of once we acknowledge our suffering, then by definition, we're no longer suffering because, you know, when we suffer, which essentially is like when we when we feel like things are not going well, we're not in a good place. We're not feeling like leveled internally when we try to fight that, right? When we're trying, or like, for example, if somebody says, oh, just get over it, forget about it. Like, don't think about it. That actually causes more pain, like trying to resist the downs when they come, trying to get rid of those negative, the negative states that show up actually keeps them there. There's like this quote, what you, what we resist persists. So the things that we're resisting actually will continue to, to hurt us. And so what you're saying, Hani, is, is I think it's very profound because when we acknowledge that it's okay to not be okay, then we sit in that space that, that sometimes maybe is not so comfortable, but we know that it'll pass and that it's part of the ebbs and flows of life. I, I once read this, this verse. When someone says life is not fair, just cross out the word fair and replace it with linear. Like things aren't always forward moving. Sometimes we move a couple, you know, sometimes we have to move backwards in order to move forward. It's like the Hebrew verse, like Yerida Latara Chalia, you know, we're, we're moving downwards in order to move up. And the fact that you're here, even though 
Alana, you mentioned you guys are not public speakers, which I would challenge that. I would just say that you're so you're all you're so eloquent and you're you were able to deliver these important messages with such quality and grace and through your stories. But um, but still, it doesn't change the fact that it might be uncomfortable to kind of step up and know that there's a lot of people listening and that and that you showed up here. So I think that's really beautiful that you kind of each experience that in your own way of the ebbs and flows of our lives, as obviously Rivka and I also do. Thank you. Okay, so we always love to wrap up with a favorite quote or a quote that resonates with you or that you like to share. So wondering if, I guess, we started with the oldest, so now let's start with the youngest. Hani, if you can share a favorite quote with us. I have a few, but I'm going to say my favorite one is, every rejection is God's protection. I actually just heard that recently from a friend of mine. And I love it so much because... It really resonates in so many aspects of your life, um, of my life, that sometimes things seem like a rejection, like things are not going your way in business and family and relationships. And really, Hashem has a plan. And we have to just trust that. And we're so lucky that we have Hashem and we have Amuna and we have Bitachon and it really tethers us. It tethers us, it supports us and it's it's my lifeline personally. Um, so every time something seems like it's not going the way I want it, I just remind myself Hashem is protecting me. There is a reason. I don't see the big plan, but I know Hashem is there and I know Hashem loves me. That's beautiful. It reminds I me. I never of heard when, that one. That's really yeah. Beautiful. That's beautiful. I'm writing it down. It reminds me, me of when you're when you're down to nothing, God's up to something. Mm. Love that. Yes. Um, Alana. Um, I have a few also, but I would say trust good, design good, think good, and it will be good. Um, I'm naturally a little bit of a Pollyanna, so I see the glass half full usually. Um, but you know. We don't control circumstances and events that happen to us. And, um, you know, always trying to like think good and it will be good, you know, really helps us when um, we don't have control of what's going on, but we do have complete control of our attitude and how we respond to certain things that are going on in our lives. Um, We can't control what, we can't control how, but when we think good, we can really cause that it will be good. And actually, the said that, like literally manifesting, you know, the thought process of thinking good can really, in reality and in actuality, make things good. So that's one of them. I want to share another one that has really helped me over the last few years also, um, even though it's really just one, but it's part of davening and it's in Shema and um it's just, it says, Ani Hashem Elokeichem Hashem Etzias Hamer Mitzrayim. I am Hashem, your God, that took you out of Egypt. And I am your God, you know, that can do it. And like when I say that every single day, when I say Shema, like I think no matter what is going on in my life, and again, from the outside, people's lives can seem picture perfect, but nobody is perfect in life. Like we're all, Sarah said, recovering perfectionists. So we're all recovering perfectionists, people pleasers, you know, all of that. And when we think about um, the fact that Hashem took us out of Egypt, literally we were slaves and like, he can do it. 
he can do anything, anything in the entire world. So if we're ever struggling with anything in our lives, just knowing that like we have a God who loves us and loves our children and wants the best for us, like that's the biggest gift of all. Beautiful. It it makes me think of, you know, a, a therapist once said it was someone that we interviewed recently. Her name's Miriam Raquel Feldman, and I love this tool. When you're having a hard time, picture a beautiful scene and go there and really meditate on that beautiful scene and how it makes you feel. And what you're sharing now is actually making me think about how when I'll go and look at that scene, I should also think about how great Hashem is because he's the one that created this beautiful scene and it's awe-inspiring. And if he can create this beautiful scene, you know, he's the master of the world. Like you say, he took us out of Egypt and he's there for us. And he's the one that he did that. He created this world. He can do anything for us. Yeah. He could take us out of our own inner Egypt. Yes. The inner slavery that we experience that we sometimes that keeps us stuck. Um, okay, last but not least, Sarah, favorite quote. So, okay, I had a little trouble with this, but as I'm listening, um, two came to mind. The first one is if it's hysterical, it's historical. And I my somatic therapist told me that I don't know the original source, but it really rings true to me because if there's a big reaction, it's probably something inside of me. I need to take a look and self-reflect and maybe approach with more curiosity rather than judgment and reactivity. So that's number one. And the second one, it's not a quote, but um, I have a book um, by Rabbi Jonathan Sachs that I read every week on the Parsha. And last week's Parsha was Parsha Inspiration. And he, Hashem, before creating the world, went to uh, multiple groups of Malachim angels and asked, should I create these people? Um, and they said no. And he created another group of angels and then another. And Hashem created us because he has faith in us. So even when we lose faith in ourselves, we can know and understand and remind ourselves that Hashem has faith in us and we can do anything and there is so much available to us and we just have to tap into those blessings and we can create new channels by believing in them and may we see the revealed abundant blessings with our eyes. Amen. 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 Wow. Thank you so, so much. This was really amazing and such an abundance of, of life lessons and insights that I have no doubt will change people's lives. So this is really huge. Thank you so much. And thanks for taking the time. Um, and uh, Wuko Gals, we'll, we'll include a, a link to your website and to, um, do you guys have a blog? Did you guys have a blog? We don't. We actually we don't. creating a blog making a cookbook <laughs> eventually maybe and i see you guys blogging because you have so much to share i feel like it's such a part of the story but okay maybe maybe one day not, not that you need to add anything to your list right now <laughs> but, but i'm so inspired by uh your words today and your physical creativity i see in Ida's dress here so i want to go look at your side again order a dress and um i'm so inspired by your spirituality as well and everything that you do and the rest that you fit in as well and your self-care all of it so thank you for sharing thank, thank you thank you guys so much thank, thank you, you so much. just want to add one last thing to you guys that 
I absolutely love your podcast. I t- I've told you, Ida, but I don't think I've told you, Rivka. I definitely have listened to every single episode. It's just phenomenal. You guys are doing such an amazing thing. And it's definitely impacted my life tremendously. Um, both of you and the speakers that you've brought on. So I want to thank you for doing this because it really um, has been tremendous in my life. So, yeah, I loved it. I, I especially loved um, Rabbi um, Telushkin. It was yeah. like, it was phenomenal. Yeah. I listened to it twice with my husband. Wow. Wow. Yeah, A few people the- have told me they've listened to it twice. Yeah, it was, I mean, there was, there were so much like wisdom that I just, I wanted to hear it again. Like in case I missed something, it was, it was phenomenal. And I feel like since you started the two of you, you've really like Sarah spoke about growth a lot as well, but like the two of you have grown so much and you can see the growth in your podcast. It's not you know, only that like your speaking is beyond eloquent. Like both of you, I'm so like impressed. It's really like outstandingly amazing how, you know, like you met in the Uber, you decided to do it and then you just, you did it. And you started small and then you just started branching out. And I mean, it's kind of like our business, you know? Your podcast I was just thinking that. Yeah. And it, it's so powerful. It's so like you've impacted so many people. So Yashakayach to you. And may you always have the strength to continue that. Thank you. That that means so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Guys, all right, guys. We'll let you go to your to your busy and amazing day. I related to so much everything. I related to everything, and I also I feel like I've left with some tips for my own life.